2: Hour number three of the G-Bag Nation. What will you most remember from the Super Bowl at 877-881-1053? Go ahead, leave your name and city you're texting from. Maybe we can make you famous here in the G-Bag Nation. 609 says, just had those sliders the other day, and the pretzel bun is undefeated. Hell of a bun. That might be my biggest takeaway from this show so far that I need to get on over to the grocery store and get some of those pretzel buns.
3: Yes. No, I, I honestly, I look forward to the next day of bread celebration and maybe the bully will, will bust out some level of bread list and we can we can throw this into the ring. Because for me, if it's not number one, it, it's easily Mount Rushmore
2: bread. Wow. Like, forever in time. Ah, so looking forward to that. Pretzel bun. Indeed. Also looking forward to getting your guys' thoughts here as we go around the room. What do you think is the lasting memory of this championship game for Patrick Mahomes? Again, the truckwreck.com fan text is open. We're all available on Twitter at uh, GBagNation. You go there and you'll find all of our Twitter handles in the bio. Uh, CBSSports.com has five of them, uh, but I'm not married to the idea of getting to any of these. If you guys uh, have interesting enough fodder for the conversation, we'll just keep it live like that. Broadus, what's what, what's going to stick with you, you think?
1: I think what's going to stick with me is just the resiliency that the Chiefs play with. Yeah. You know, and 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 not just in that Super Bowl, but throughout the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they're, they just don't get rattled when they get down. It seems like when they need to get stops, they get an interception, they get a turnover, something happens, and their defense says, no, we're not going to allow you to score. We're going to make you punt back to us. It's just, I think, just overall that – how they play.
2: This is the year, this is the game where our opinion fully evolves or transforms into he's going to get your number in the fourth quarter no matter what. No matter Um, what. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: and the coach is going to figure out a way. The defensive coordinator is going to get stops. And once the coordinator gets stops, then all of a sudden, Andy's going to figure out how to kind of get Pat going in the game. Yeah. I, I think this is the time now where, you know, we all along, it's like can Mahomes win playoff games on the road? He took back-to-back weeks, he took out the number-one seeds. Yep. He took out the Baltimore Ravens' number-one seed. He took out the San Francisco 49ers' number-one seed. That's all you need to know about that guy right now. They, they they are a very resilient team in the way that they play.
2: I think that's a great takeaway. And, you know, I we'll, we'll see what it's going to take to beat them. But until that happens... You know, I, I'm going to be set up to lose a lot of money or a, a lot of predictions because I refuse to do it. He has now hit that Tom Brady category where it's like I'm just not betting against him. If anything, I'll no bet the game, but ain't, ain't no way I'm betting against Mahomes for for the foreseeable future. No, no. I mean,
3: the, the, the whole thing, the whole playoff run was set up on Hall of Fame mode on Madden. Everything was made more difficult. Everything you just mentioned there brought us but then in the game, you're talking about a game where from a receiving standpoint not named Kelsey, you're your your leaders are McCole Hardman and Justin Watson. Like those are those are your those are your guys with over fifty yards receiving. Those are your only wide receivers with over fifty yards receiving. McCole Hardman, who was a Jet to start the season. And we were saying you should never give the ball near the goal line ever again after its fumble in the Buffalo game a couple of weeks ago. And and corn dog with with mustard and ketchup fixed that situation. He scores the touchdown. But I mean, who's Justin Watson? Who's McCole Hardman? Those are your leading actual wide receivers. You have Mahomes having to bend down to the floor basically every play because his center forgot how to shotgun snap a football. Yeah. And then on the on the do or die moment drive, here's Mart Valdez Scantling running nine yards backwards. To to make it oh like second goodness. and 14, oh, the yeah. on, it's Progress. like, what, what are you doing? It just seemed yeah. like, and there were multiple drops in the game. All season long, no quarterback dealt with more drops and yards lost from drops than Mahomes. And it was just like, it's okay, we'll pick up and figure it out. It's okay on first and 10, it was supposed to be a six-yard game, but now we're sitting on second and 14. And heck, it felt like half the game they were in second and long because they couldn't run the football at
2: all. Yeah. You know, as you were laying out everything that went against them and they still won, it just made me think, and I know we're two days away from workouts. Everybody's getting Ranger excited. I don't mean to drive drive you to the to the peak of delirium and excitement, but it kind of feels like the Rangers are the Chiefs, and I know they haven't proved it as much. They just came together, but like having Bochi and Corey Seager, I, I
4: think is the equivalent of Patrick
2: Mahomes and Andy Reid in this sport. Well,
4: Chuck, that'd be fun. Uh, I mean, certainly Bochi is the best manager in in the league. I think I like Andy Reid's the best there, head coach in the league. Thank you. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the comp, and, and maybe the, the Rangers can go on a little dynastic run here as well. I think certainly Mahomes uh, is brilliant, and, and when the game's on the line in the second half, he was unbelievable. I think he's trailed in every single one of his Super Bowls at halftime, and then he finds just a way to pull it out when it matters most, but... Cowboys me, they, never
2: win when trailing at halftime. No, time. I
4: mean, they, they don't roll over and die. You know, the Cowboys get down 10 nothing in that game. It's going to be a 40-10 to type of performance, and this, they're going to lose. Front runner's going to front runner. This
1: this might be one of the best complementary football teams that we've ever seen. Yeah,
4: I think the Chiefs' defense is they, definitely one I'm going to remember.
1: They, You know, Kansas City, there were some struggles in the first half of that game. Their tackles, as we talked about, did not block very well. No. And it was a problem. And But what did their defense kept doing, kept hanging in there. And, and it wasn't pretty. I mean, uh, they— San Francisco moved the ball a little bit. They did, but when they needed to make a play, what did they do? And then they started to figure some things out. You know, they just blitzed. They started blitzing, and they knew that Purdy, you know, wasn't going to be able to handle the blitz very all that well. Did
4: a great job with Nick Bolton. He started rushing him over the middle and the center to try and create one-on-one yeah. opportunities with Chris Jones. Yeah. And then he started blitzing him off the edge, where Purdy really has issues with right. his identifying some of that stuff off the edge. But the Chiefs well, during this run, they faced the number two, three, four, and six offenses in the playoffs. Yeah they combined average 28.3 points per game this season against the chiefs in the playoffs they averaged 15.8 points 12 and a half points of 4 of the best offenses in the NFL they shaved off. Spags is a legendary D.C. He goes down as one of the best to ever do it in big games. But that defense, Nick Bolton, Chris Jones, I mean, they had 18 pressures in the second half of that game. They turned it on. Chris Jones, when you need him most, he comes up again with a game-defining play, rushing Purdy so they can't score. They've got to kick a field goal just like he did against Buffalo. McDuffie was brilliant. That that defense was really, really good. They
1: really did a good job on that one you are talking about where, you know, the the Chris Jones, the second one down there on third down near the goal line, did a great job. They confused San Francisco's blocking scheme by moving him around a little bit, like you were talking about. They lost track. of Really, I don't know how you lose track of Jones, but <laughs> yeah. they did, and he was really, he was unblocked. Those guys just couldn't handle him, you know. And and they're like they're the, the, the best player you're leaving unblocked. And that's that was a Crazy, huge man. mistake on their part. But you know, like we we talked about too, the blitz that they had, uh, watching it. Uh Karloftis, he rushes wide to get the 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 corner on the blitz home to knock the pass down. So if he goes inside, maybe they get all wadded up and they don't get the hands up. But Karloftis knew that there was a blitzer coming to the inside of him. He rushes wide. Now he he stretches the the space between the tackle and the guard to give the corner the chance to get there and get his hands up Unreal. knock the ball away.
3: Yeah, all, all of those high-leverage moments and plays. It was just, just we, know, we know just Purdy. Just a smart
1: team. Yes, yeah. it's we'll, a smart team, the way they play.
3: We'll disguise it. The yeah. The protections will be all thrown off. We will yeah. have a guy coming free here. Maybe it's Chris Jones being a stud. Maybe it's McDuffie or Bolton, whoever it is. But it was like, hey, that two-minute warning right there, I mean, that was, that was really the game. Yep. Chiefs are up. Yep. Uh, or they're tied. They're about to either, you know, win the game with a touchdown. They could just milk the two minute warning and kick the game winning field goal and it's third down and it's that McDuffie blitz. Boom. Yeah. Now you
2: got to settle for three and you know Mahomes is going to at least tie the game, which he did and send it to overtime. At eight seven, seven, eight, eight, one, one, oh, five, three. What will you most remember about this Super Bowl? Talking about the resiliency. Spagnolo becomes the first coordinator to win four Super Bowls. That's what happened. The chief reputation cemented um it was one of the only things the Super Bowl uh, uh, TV play-by-play crew got right was was Jim and Tony talking about they're going to get this figured out in the second half. Yeah, it's about time Andy and 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 Patrick you know start coming up with some plays. And they were talking about that I think as they came back from the Usher show and setting up the second half and anticipating it and and they were dead balls on right now. Maybe the Dre Greenlaw uh, injury had something to do with that. Maybe that hurt. That um, did hurt. It was know, a huge
4: loss. I mean, that's
1: definitely one you'll look back. Forum wasn't ready to play. I, I said that before. That linebacker, they took advantage of him. I mean, As they should have. And that's what you got to do. If, no if, doubt. If a star player is going off the field, you know, maybe it's it didn't help. You know, the uh, San Francisco at all with some of the packages they wanted to do. But man, they they did not blitz at all. They 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 did not. They rushed four men eighty eight percent of this time in this football game.
2: But a legacy-changing deal to get to three. You move ahead of guys like Eli. You move one short of Montana and Bradshaw. And, you know, just mention what happened for Steve. And then how about for your guy Andy Reid, Brian? I think, you know, this is the Super Bowl that maybe um, he he kind of enters the conversation where he doesn't have as many as Belichick. But who would you rather have from this era is interesting. You know Belichick's going to grind on his guys. They're going to hate him. But dang it, he won a lot. You know, R- Reed now has a lot, and you know everybody's going to love him. I yeah. think I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather hire Reed, but of course I'd be really happy to grab Belichick well, if he wasn't available. Both
1: of them are going to practice hard, and both of them are going to do attention to detail stuff. And the buy-in for Kansas City is is real, very so real. You don't, you know, you'll never hear Kansas City players complaining about practice, you know, or how tough things are because they they win.
4: They didn't that, get burnt out. Yeah, it's a winning recipe that they have. And it's also, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic because you got Belichick, who's a defense guy, Andy, clearly an offense guy. Uh, but both, both are the two of the best uh, in in the history of the sport. Yeah, two on four. We did, we we did announce the, the Zimmer hire. Uh, if you missed it, Mike Zimmer is official. He, he is text the defensive me. He said coordinator he's, he's text me,
1: he. He me. a coach. Yeah.
4: Good to go. Yeah, then.
2: we broke that maybe an hour and fifteen minutes or so
4: ago. We got you two on four. Don't worry. Yeah.
3: man. You know, to speak on on just how good the the Chiefs' defense was uh, when you just, I mean takeaways from the Super Bowl will just be I mean, what what was the Debo Samuel moment? What was the Brandon Ayuk moment? Yeah. What was the what was the George Kittle George moment? George Kittle it was, was non existent. It, it was it was a disappearing act for all of them. None of those guys. Iuk, Samuel Kittle had uh had fifty yards uh receiving. Yeah. and Kittle had four. It's like my gosh.
4: These I are mean, the, the narrative of Shanahan now and you talk about attention to detail, the overtime thing, the in-game management. It's like you know he's an awesome offensive mind, but he now is looked at as one of the biggest big-game choke artists in the history of coaching in the NFL. Yeah,
2: yeah, this this is definitely the game I'll remember where I'm like, dang it, Wolchuk might have been onto something all these years. You know, I, I think a great play designer, but I don't think that Shanahan is going to, you know go down as a bad coach
4: or, no. or a choker. No, for I mean, me. if, if they fired him, the, there would be a long list of teams that would gladly hire him. Like Andy you, Reid. You're,
2: you're looking at Matt Ryan, who is one of the bigger fourth quarter choke artists in the history of the league. It wasn't just the Super Bowl. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo. You you look at Brock Purdy. I I don't know. It's just not comparing apples to apples if you're trying to win a Super Bowl with a guy at the quarterback position who is not helping you manage the game. He is not making any clutch plays. You're having to design perfect plays so everybody should just go out there and execute and you hope he doesn't get so nervous looking on the other sideline at the all-time greats. The the, the level of difficulty for for Shanahan compared to Reed and Belichick in these games is exponential. It might be a factor of 10 to 1.
4: That's an excuse. How long has he been there? That's
2: right, it's an excuse. How how, how
4: long has he been there? Andy Reed says, I can't win with Alex Smith. I'm going to go up and get Pat Mahomes. He did. The guy he evaluated in Trey Lance, he gave up on. And now he's in Dallas. So that's on Kyle Shanahan. You don't, so, you, don't, you don't get a pass on that. Some excuses are just a good explanation for what happened, Wolchuk.
1: <laughs> Would you like to guess how many different guys covered Kittle in that game last night? How many? Ten. Ten dif- different defensive players covered him at one point in that game last night. That's how you, that's how you limit. That's how you don't let him get a beat on a That's the unreal. On a defense.
2: Yeah. 2-1-4. Because Mahomes is a beast versus the blitz. That's why he was beast mode against five blitzes at the end of the game. Yeah, I don't know why you blitz goats. You know, you you blitz young guys, or you know, you blitz when nothing else he is was, working. But
1: he was five of six for forty-two yards against the blitz. He was five for five against cover zero, which is no safety help in the middle of the field. He was five for five of that. It was that's man across the board. Just everybody. And he was five for five in that. Yeah, that, in I mean, there's
3: just, there's just there's no there's no flaw to his game. There's nothing that you can say, man, if you could just try and do this. Like otherwise, unless he just has a completely broken offensive line and you have a legitimate, maybe best in in the league sort of pass rush.
2: That's the only way you can slow him down, because otherwise he, he's got an answer for everything. Two one four. What do we think about Kelsey nearly knocking Andy Reid out of frustration? Very bad look. Made me question his character. What? Yeah, he 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 uh, he got way too emotional in that situation. I, that could have been very embarrassing if they had not gotten it together after that moment and ended up losing the game. I think that would be absolutely one of the most memorable things. Yes, you know, and he talked about how
4: yeah, he just got too emotional after I just the game. Didn't have any issue with it. Like it's another thing where Tom Brady did this his entire career. He almost knocked down a
2: member of the elderly because he could not contain yeah, himself. Yeah, and Andy Reid joked about it was It was unprofessional. Afterwards. Andy has good power. Yeah, Andy, Andy Re- all well. yeah, but and yeah. those
4: two have love and respect for each other. No question. Like it, it's just it's it's emotional. It's the heat of the moment. This is sports. That stuff happens. To me, I didn't think that was a big deal at all. I mean, I
3: you made, you made physical contact with the guy. I could I could understand. I mean, I don't know their relationship. Obviously, they win the game and everything's rainbows yeah. and butterflies. I don't know if that's a, if there's a different result. If there's you know something more to it there, but I was I mean in the moment I'm thinking almost like we're, we're watching the replay of it. And Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Kelsey did that. And I'm thinking he must be this must be like he's hyped up about something in a good way, and he's like almost too excited. But turns out he was definitely angry. Like he, they he felt like on the
4: play, and he felt he, he should have been on the field to right. get
3: that block and. But his backup missed the block. But he made physical contact. That's that's the thing where it's just like I mean, obviously I think Andy looked, ended it looked it because
2: as Andy said, he was off balance.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: because he was hit really hard by a giant man running at him. He he got lucky. It's the NFL guys he, let's, hit, let's he hit he hit the nicest coach. He, let's have some respect for authority. That's not wussifying at all. Yeah, it is. He he nearly <laughs> knocked a over a over head nothing. coach. Um,
4: hey, Andy had no issue with it. Well, yes. yeah, because he's the nicest he's the guy one. ever, and he's always going to have his players back. Ah, and
2: winning cures
4: all. Yeah. It sure does. But I still if they had of lost that game, I think Travis, like he did, would have said, I got emotional. I apologize. And it's a star you move player. On.
2: It's Andy Reid, but I would say more than eighty percent of the coaches in the NFL to more than ninety five percent of the players in the NFL would have turned to him and said, What the bleep did you just do? Get your ass on the bench. But it was Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, anybody else, and that's a major sign of disrespect. You know, you, you shouldn't even be yelling in your head coach's man. direction.
4: God forbid these players have passion. He's busy looking across the field at something, Jeez, trying to guys, coach the effing wow. game,
2: and you run up Ooh. on him and don't even show the man enough respect to stop
4: short of almost think it knocking had anything him to down. Do with a lack of respect, I think he respects the hell out of Andy Reid. And if you don't think he well, respects if, him, it, then we can agree to disagree. You're probably well. No, I I, do I think, think he it absolutely respect. respects Andy
2: Reid. I, I think he's way too emotional in the moment. You know, that's, that's the problem with he Travis Kelce, And that's the problem with him and his brother. You know, they get highly emotional. They're funny and can crack jokes. But in the heat of battle, I would not want to be in a foxhole with those broskies. Man. Other than football.
4: Yeah, I, I, that, that's exactly yeah, it. I mean, right. it's also what makes them great. Is that emotion on the field? I would rather have intensity?
2: I would rather
3: have that than whatever lack of dazed and confused emotion you got from the entire front runner's team versus
4: the Cowboys <laughs> in their playoff game. So I'm with you on that one, Walchuck. Top ten of four twenty is coming up next. Man, let's go let's over fight about that. Some of the uh, top 10 greatest Super Bowls of all time. Where does this one rank? As we have the second overtime ever. That's next in the fan.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart
1: You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Yeah, buddy, welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation here on The Fan. Segments brought to you by the Frankles. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If your loved one has been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation 214 817 3333. Go online to truckwreck.com. Text you can be passionate without running into your coach like an idiot. Don't tell me that's passion. Okay? Plenty of passionate people don't make mistakes trample authority when they're trying to do their job leading to a Super Bowl. Here's Wolchuk with your top 10.
4: Mm. Uh, Okay, we will get to the top 10 best Super Bowls of all time. What is your favorite Super Bowl? And do we think that last night's game was better than any of these on the top 10 list? It certainly was a classic, just the second overtime Super Bowl that we've ever seen. We do have the numbers out. The impact of Usher's Super Bowl performance. Shout out to Usher. He's getting a big Super Bowl bump. Spotify streams are up by 550%. His concert ticket prices are up 40%. And Tick Pick is saying that 38% of the total tickets they have sold for Usher's upcoming tour came after last night's game. That Super Bowl effect is very, very real, courtesy of Joe Pompliano, Eric's Italian brother. Uh, so awesome for Usher, man. He is seeing the impact from the Super Bowl. I wonder who we're going to get next year. Maybe it is Taylor Swift this time.
3: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But it is uh, definitely, it's it's worth it. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know how much these artists have to sort of come out of pocket for some of the things, you know, to put the show on. Everything. Um, like, all of it is yeah. out of their own, yes. own pocket. But I guess and it's it is, because of this. It's
2: worth every penny. That's right out of the uh, Jerry Jones School of Negotiating. We're not paying you anything. You're working with the NFL, so you'll make lots of money off of it. <laughs> it's true.
4: That's a good point. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, in case you missed it, the Mike Zimmer uh, hire is official. He is your new defensive coordinator. We're excited to have Zim back with the Dallas Cowboys. The other thing that I saw, uh, Mitch Trubisky and the Pittsburgh Steelers have officially parted away. So he's already gotten his release is now we're uh, in the NFL offseason. A lot of moving and shaking going down. And my gosh, how about this comparison? Mahomes at only 28 years old. Playoff starts before turning 30. Mahomes has 5,135 yards. Brady, at the same time in his career, had 3,217. Mahomes has 41 touchdowns to Brady's 20. Eight interceptions to Brady's nine. Both three-time Super Bowl champs. Mahomes a three-time Super Bowl MVP. Brady a two-time Super Bowl MVP. So at this point in their careers, as Mahomes looks to try and chase down the goat that is Tom Brady, Mahomes is crushing him.
3: For sure. Yeah, all, all those, all those the the raw numbers are going to with, the, with with the way the game has changed, and with the way that Brady started off winning those Super Bowls, leaning on the defense. You know, Brady's first three Super Bowls felt a lot like this one here yes. for the Chiefs, where Mahomes isn't just going laser beams and going forty plus points every time. It's like, hey, we can sort of manage the game a little bit, be there in the big moments, make the couple of plays that are needed late in the game, but lean on your defense. And then Brady morphed into the freak show and breaking records and putting up all the touchdowns and the yards. Mahomes is already that, and now he's showing that he can he can win with good defense and
4: sort of managing the game with no weapons. Crushing it. Uh and somebody said a little Wayne halftime show next year since it's in New Orleans. That'd be awesome. That'd be really really cool. Oh, yes. Yeah, we got that going. Yeah, that'd it's always fun. it's always nice when there's a little bit of a tie to the city. Yeah. That'd be neat. All right, top 10 Super Bowls of all time was last night. Your favorite. Do you think it is already Number one, when you think of all-time great Super Bowls, what which game comes to mind for you? Lucius, do you have an all-time favorite Super Bowl?
3: Ah, uh, well, well, let's see. It's going to be Cowboys related when they rain up the score on everybody. That's yeah. about it,
4: bro. We'll go uh, Bills 52-17 yeah. yes, in Pasadena. Yeah, It's a hell of a game I right love there. a blowout when it's your team doing the blowout. Oh, oh, man, you don't have to sweat. You can just smile and enjoy the whole way through, yeah. bro.
3: I think for me, when I think of Great Super Bowl, it, it ends up being the, the Patriots' undefeated season coming to a halt thanks to Eli Manning and Shocking. David Tyree and Plexco Burris. Yeah.
4: 17. And 14. that pass rush. Yeah. Oh, so you, when you, we saw O.C. when you were out there. Yeah. He was making the rounds. Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan. I think, was that Strahan's last game? Didn't he retire after that?
1: Sure did. Man. That's great. What That's a always we go? When you dude. get a walk off. Like you had Jerome Bettis. Yeah,
3: Jerome Bettis. Yeah, did that
2: too. I mean, the way the thing ended, it is so important. I, I think objectively, minute for minute, last night doesn't compare that well to some of the other you know great games that we've seen. I think maybe the most exciting one that I can remember. It's it's hard to tell when you're a kid and you see these things, but it was like 1988 and the 49ers played the Bengals. Yeah, and the drive happened. Exactly. You know, after Cincinnati, I think. It, Opened the game with a kickoff return for a touchdown, so the excitement was just, like, through the roof. Uh, yours has got to be
1: the one you won, right, Brian? Give me Super Bowl 31. Yeah. Dallas uh, Dallas, Green Bay versus uh, the New England Patriots. Hey,
4: hell of a game. I mean, Desmond yeah. Howard doing yeah. his thing in there It was one. in
1: the balance until Reggie White got back-to-back sacks against go. Max Lane.
4: Yeah. I think the one for me that I remember being like, damn, this game has everything you could imagine was Cardinal Steelers. So oh, good. Yeah. Already Carter been texted in 2 eight, one, seven. was just unbelievable. Epic. Uh, it really was. And the Eagles-Pats in 2017 was amazing. Ooh, I just hated good. it because it right. was like the Eagles doing well. Um, but, I mean, man, it was a good year, game. Last year was amazing, too. Last year was. All the offense. Last year was a fantastic game.
3: Uh, Seahawks, and, Seahawks and Patriots. Seahawks-Patriots. That was a good one, too. Yeah, that one know. was brilliant. I mean, the Patriots come back, obviously, on Atlanta.
4: So, number 10 is Patriots-Rams, 20 to 17 The Patriots get the win. This was Brady's first one. Rams are looking to win two in three years. Greatest show on turf. Rams' offense was electric. Warner threw for 365 yards. in St. Louis outgained the Patriots. Get this. 427 yards to 267. But they turned the ball over three times. You had the tie law pick six. uh, And then in the final drive, Tom Brady... Oh, starting at his own 17, a minute 21 to go. First year as a starter, goes 5 of 8 for 53 yards to get him into field goal range, and Adam Vinatieri with that 48-yard field goal was a pretty incredible game. Number 9 is Patriots-Seahawks, the Malcolm Butler interception. 28-24, Patriots hit the win. I think they had to come back. Yeah, they were down 24-14 to going into the fourth quarter. They rallied and, and had that happen. I actually saw video resurface from Seahawk fans that thought, like, they're about to win the Super Bowl. They're like, just give it to Marshawn Lynch. And they're watching in real time the interception happen, and the reaction is just, oh, it's gut-wrenching.
3: That's like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Like, you, this can't actually be real. Mm.
4: That team was never the same after that moment. Eight is Jet 16, Colt 7, the Joe Namath guarantee. Can't say that I recall that one. I wasn't alive just yet. Number seven. Broadus was. I was there. Brons was you there? there. You were at that game. No, I wasn't there. We're there. But he was
1: there. No, but I. Uh, it, Mickey Spagnuolo no, was there. What it, were you doing? I, you know, I do have a program from that game. Dude. Actually, it it was the uh, it led to the merger of the National Football League. Uh, well, actually, the AFL and the NFL. That, that was yeah. That everybody thought that the that the Colts had already just won the championship. I mean, they're like, what the Jets? Are you kidding me? That kind of thing. Man. But yeah, this was this was this is what changed led to the merger? Legendary
4: game. Maybe it should be higher on the list. Yeah. Number you, seven. Can you
3: imagine if there was cameras around for those following couple of days where Joe Namath is partying? Dude. Like like the victory, Super Bowl victory, oh, yeah. championship victory for Joe Namath right there. I bet that was that was like
2: TMZ level, not safe for work. Mm-hmm. You listen to his stories of, of, of what life was like back then. You know, he would be drinking beer like on the way to practice. It was just like,
4: just Unreal, a maniac. Man. Just Crushing life at the time. Heater's in the huddle. Absolutely, he really was. <laughs> Number seven, Rams-Titans Super Bowl, 23-16. Uh, to 16. That one came down to the yard. Mike Jones making that tackle on Kevin Dyson. Got him by the legs, falls to the ground just shy of the goal line. Kurt Warner, 414 yards. Isaac Bruce, 6 for 162 as the Rams were able to win that Super Bowl. Kurt Warner, MVP. Six. It was
2: insane that it was only 23 points of those 415 yards. Right? It's unreal. You know, no, nobody had slowed down the Rams. I, I was just shocked that Tennessee was
4: close. Well, and I'll never forget, you know, you go back and watch, like, the America's game of that, and I think it's DeMarco Farr, who we had on, uh, on earlier when the Cowboys played the Rams. He's now their sideline guy. But he was talking about that final drive. As soon as Steve McNair threw the ball, it's like a sigh of relief. Just please don't run. Just don't run, Steve, because we are so gassed. We are not going to be able to chase and tackle you. Number six is Eagles Patriots, forty-one to thirty-three. Nick Foles, the Philly special, shocking everybody. They get the win over the Patriots. Five is Bill Parcells, his Giants twenty to nineteen over the Bills, and uh, we know about Scott Norwood. Wide oh right. unbelievable. Oh my gosh, that's just—it's still getting the Bills to this day. Four,
2: I mean, the way they beat the Niners the previous week with the was it a Roger Craig fumble, I think, around midfield? It was Ooh. just it was just a luck, luck and a half situation
4: Man. for him, back-to-back weeks. When well, they just ran the hell out of the ball, Otis Anderson that game. Just they just literally took the air out of it. Uh you have number four, Super Bowl you're referring to, Gavin. 49ers, 20, Bengals 16. Okay. They come back. Montana throwing for three hundred and fifty-seven yards in the game. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, of course, he hits the game winning touchdown there to John Taylor. Number three. Greatest Super Bowl of all time. This one hurts as a Cowboy fan. They should have won it. 35-31, Steelers over the Cowboys. But this is an all-time great. I mean, you look back at the players in this game. I mean, it's like a Hall of Fame squad. Both both teams were just littered with Hall of Famers. Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett, Lynn Swan, Drew Pearson, Terry Bradshaw. I mean, it was a who's who, but that was the game where you had Jackie Smith. drop the ball in the end zone. Yeah. Sickest man in America. Sickest man in America. And it literally made the a great the pass, game.
1: by the way. Won a great pass. You didn't think so? Nope. Ball was a little low. Man.
4: Yeah. 27-23. to 23. Steelers over the Cardinals is the number two best Super Bowl of all time, according to Fox Sports. That game had everything. It did. The James Harrison pick six. Larry Fitzgerald doing all, everything he can. A 64-yard touchdown, 237 to go. Arizona's up 23-20. to 20. And then Big Ben hits Antonio Holmes. For the game winner, where was that
1: game played? Tampa.
4: Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, yeah. But number one, greatest Super Bowl of all time is indeed Giants Patriots, seventeen to fourteen. Giants are able to stop the perfect season. Now, with all those being listed, last night's game, do, you, do we put it ahead of any of these?
3: Yeah, I mean, for my money, I can only talk about Super Bowls really since like the year two thousand, but that's probably gonna go down as a as a top five Super Bowl for me personally. I mean, it started off a little bit slow, you know, last night, and then and but half number two and then getting to overtime, it was that was
1: You wonder if anybody'll ever remember what the first half was like. Yeah, yeah you I mean, kind of forget because it, the second like half in overtime was yeah, so amazing. Five, six years from now, people won't even remember how really poor the first half was played offensively for both teams.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
4: and just the Well, I lines say of,
1: about San Francisco—they moved the ball. They just couldn't get anything. The McCaffrey fumble on yeah, that opening drive—that yeah.
4: was big. I mean, they looked like they were really going to get off to a good start there. But I mean, that Patriots Giants game was really not a great game until the fourth quarter. Then stuff started really getting crazy. But I think you know, you look at the I, the historical value of that, where the Patriots were one win away from the perfect season. I mean, my and it was I, just. So shocking.
1: I just think that, that Arizona-Pittsburgh game. That's had, me. was Start to finish. Start to finish. But yes,
4: the 28-3 to game as well. I mean, greatest comeback we'll ever see in a Super Bowl. First overtime game. That one's in the conversation. Then I do think last night's game, the fact that it goes to overtime, uh, when we look back at it, I, I think both teams are going to have a lot of future Hall of Famers involved in it as well. It certainly is in the top 10 for me. Mike Zimmer's statement to Ed Warder: I'm excited and honored to be back with
2: the great organization. I'm thrilled to work with Mike McCarthy, for whom I've had a ton of respect in our NFC North days and to do anything I can to help the Joneses and the Cowboys. Mike Zimmer is officially back after uh, about 72 hours or so of uncertainty after the initial report brought us, told you last week, live from Radio Row, not done, just got done about 90 minutes ago.
1: Joneses for- were in, L- in Vegas. That slowed things up, I think, a little bit. Oh, yeah,
2: probably hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Chief, what we'd like to do next. Let's go around the rim featuring the new look Mavs.
3: And we ask Dinwiddie what he means by that next year in the nation.
5: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Thank you, Lucius. It is the GBAC Nation here on 105.3 The Fan coming up at 5 o'clock. We have little football's finest. But, Chief, are you as excited about the Mavs as I am after Saturday's game or what? My goodness,
3: boys, Uh, am I excited? The answer is yes, I'm fired up. This Mavs season is about to take a turn for the better. Thank you, Nico. Let's get into it as we cut the lights out. We put the kids to bed. The G-Bag Nation going all 56 inches around that rim. It's always a special occasion when Walchuk has some breaking news to provide us. This is uh, this is a little bit gut-wrenching. This is sad. On the heels of Valentine's Day, Walchuk, after Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey reminded us that
4: maybe love is real. Maybe love is back. You bring us what? Uh, yes, this is the headline. Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan have broken up after a year of dating. Certainly a relationship wow. that a lot of people questioned. It's now over. Who are they? Marcus Jordan is Michael Jordan's son. Oh. Larsa Pippen is Scotty Pippen's ex.
1: Oh, I remember. Okay, now I know. I thought they were some actress people. Yeah.
3: Oh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's, 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 hard, that's heartbreaking. Well, Isn't one like, even have it, words when, when, right like now.
1: 40 and the other 20 kind of yes, a deal? Yes,
2: Larsa
4: was probably
1: baby 40 and 55, Marcus. maybe? That's just sad. Is man. that where we're at? I yeah. thought that was. Yeah, th-
2: you know, there's some relationships that I think maybe you stumble into and they might seem right, but you just know that we can't do this publicly, you know? <sighs> <clears throat> I thought that one was built to
3: last. You think they he had tried. a good
4: run? It sounds like no. uh,
3: they went 300. If they went, if they dated for a year, they dated 365 more days than I would have. Was thought.
4: it worth it for a year? You think? Uh, I'm
3: sure for old Mr. Jordan
1: it was.
4: Yeah. I watch the I backlash that Larsa got, and I think how it made Scotty look and Michael look, not not worth it.
3: All of it was. Uh, it was a weird one. A I, don't think, I don't
1: think deal.
4: Michael cares.
3: No, honestly, I think the world is better for having this relationship be Maybe allegedly. I think ended. Mike enjoyed it, considering how things have gone. <laughs>
4: Probably right. He probably loved it.
3: There was some ego involved there. (laughs) When he got swimming in some of that brown liquor, smoking on some cigars with the boys, I'm sure Michael Jordan had some jokes to crack. I'm surprised over we didn't. The last did we year. see
4: him yesterday at the game? Like there was no way he was going to miss a chance to go out to Vegas for a Super Bowl. I don't know. I,
3: I imagine he was taking advantage of the casinos maybe being a little bit lighter Ooh, because you know, be he's it. probably sitting around yeah, a blackjack table or whatever at
4: his own table.
3: Okay, so the Mavericks. Thank you, Nico. I mean, my gosh, the early returns were one game into this thing in the new era. I mean, move over Kyrie, move over Luca. It's all about Gafford and PJ Washington, boys. Um, only kidding, but. This this first game 146 to 111. They just smash the thunder. They come out of the gates. It's like a first quarter. It's, It's almost 50 points in the first quarter. Everything's looking seamless. Everything's looking like smiles on the faces. These guys all of a sudden like playing for each other. And it sounds like maybe Grant Williams was more than just a cancer on the court with his terrible play. Uh, it seems like behind the scenes, he was aggravating, he was annoying, he was pestering, he sucked on the court, and then all of a sudden, he's switching his his shoe from wearing the the Lucas signature shoe, he switched back to the Jason Tatums, his former teammate in Boston, uh, and Tim McMahon reported that, I thought that was a, a little bit funny, like that that being sort of one of the, the final straws in the Grant Williams era, like the Mavericks couldn't wait to get rid of him, the fact that they were able to rid themselves of him without having to also rid themselves of Josh green in order to get a guy like pj washington is pretty special uh and then you have grant williams after his first game in charlotte saying it's great to get a win for the city and play for the jersey that's across your chest not on your back everybody touched the ball and we trusted one another so that Mm. sounds like a guy who's going passive aggressive uh
4: now in a charlotte uniform. i'm telling you man not a lot of people like playing with luca
3: Hey, I'll tell you
4: what, Gafford? It sounded like everybody was kind of out on Grant Williams for whatever reason. He might have rubbed people the wrong way. But yeah, Gafford and P.J., they They, seem like they're down for Luka right now. They're
3: they're down for Luka and Kyrie right now. Man, I'm telling you, if if this team can stay healthy, this is a team that is is doing playoff damage. (laughs) Finals
1: bound. Let's go. Is that bad if they call you a loser? If people call you a loser, is that a bad thing? Yeah, it's not good. I don't think think so. Start hearing some whispers about that kind of Grant, was, Oh, the L
3: and Williams actually stood for loser? Those back-to-back L's bad, were loser,
1: loser. Some things going on there. Yeah. Okay.
4: Oh my God. No, that honestly makes sense. I mean, he yeah. he
3: was he was bad. Like yeah. like I said, even before we knew what exactly we were going to get. It's very with, wrong about Grant from, from Washington and Gafford. Just Grant would be great. Not having to watch Grant Williams play basketball in a Mavericks uniform ever again. But we all is kind of thought that was going to work out, right? Huge positive. news. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. On the front end, I, 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 did.
4: I am eating crow on that one. I thought Grant Williams was going to be a really good fit here. He we all not. are,
3: man. We thought D- Dinwiddie was going to be a good. Fit Fit here uh, but of course he chooses LeBron James and the Lakers <laughs> what so it I boiled, thought he chose the map boiled down to, to Mavericks and, and Lakers and, and Dinwiddie does what I believe most people in this situation do which is the lure of LA the lure of the Lakers the lure of LeBron it's just like we're gonna do this even though I don't believe the Lakers are currently in the playoffs if it were today but uh, what do you think Spencer Dinwiddie means by this he, he's explaining why he picked the Lakers over the Mavs and he says let's say you're a kid and you get your butt whooped by the bully you know, the woolly bully <laughs> Dallas would have would been, been like that da- Dallas. He describes as like what your mama would be like in that situation. It's okay, baby coddling you a little bit. It's, you know, it's okay. You just got your butt kicked by the bully. The Lakers, he said, are like your dad. Nah, you better go out there and fight till you win. That's, that's the, that's the quote. Is he saying we're soft? We're Is that from the head coach. That's from Spencer Dinwiddie saying huh. why he chose the Lakers over the Mavericks after being bought out by the nets it's weird it boiled down to those two teams he's familiar with the mavs he's played here so he's got firsthand experience he's basically saying the mavs it's okay to lose and nobody's really going to get upset at you but with the lakers there's more of an expectation of winning big time championship winning
4: uh i don't know i i mean that is i that's guess weird. true i mean the lakers much like the cowboys right they're they're standard as championships the Mavs, I, I don't know if they're held in that same regard, but I, I don't know. I don't feel like there's just like a, oh, you just got your ass kicked. It's okay. The Mavs have expectations. Yeah, there, there's got to be
2: something <clears throat> internal from his perspective that allows that to make sense. Mm. You know, because I just, I don't know exactly what he's talking about. You know, is is Darvin Ham a more like accountability discipline coach and Jason kids He is really soft-spoken. That could be. You know, Jason, Jason's, you know, he'll... He'll drop down and kind of whisper talk you. So maybe maybe Dinwiddie wants uh, more of a strong deal there. I mean, the, it's not like the Lakers have been doing everything they need to to win the championship successfully. They no. had the bubble championship, but other than that, they've kind of been paralyzed yeah. from all the moves that they made trying to get the first one. And I just uh, I don't know. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie is a super intellectual type of dude, and and sometimes he go he ventures into paths with the soundbite, and it's like, man, we're we're sports <laughs> dudes. You
4: know, go <laughs> went right over my head. <laughs> yeah. I don't know
2: what you mean by that, buddy.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I I, th- I think it's I think in this scenario, it's less about the Mavericks and just more about what the Lakers are and the expectation of winning. I, I think I think um, well, I'm
4: offended, Spencer. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I mean, I th- I thought we were cooler
2: than I
3: feel that, like you're Spencer. kicking us to the
4: curb. You're just behind the Mavs bench the other night. I thought this was happening. The reunion was here.
2: I, I think the truth is he knows Luke and Kyrie are on this team and he's not going to be able to handle the ball. And with old LeBron LeBron will let anybody else handle the ball hey he's I like please that. oh you're you're half decent <laughs> go ahead you know take some pressure
4: off of me <laughs>
2: for crying out loud oh, lord yeah I'll, I'll I'll be good to go every night in the playoffs for forty two minutes of basketball but in order to do that I need guys who can create a little bit and i, I think the need for services is much bigger for for Dinwiddie in l a than here although he'll go farther here than there I mean that team's Man, that
4: seemed. team, just, yeah. it seems like last year. But he's a California guy strength. as well. I mean, you can go home and kind of chill more. And I expect him to say that. Like, yeah. I wanted to be on the West Coast. I yeah. wanted to play with LeBron. <laughs> but yeah. instead, it's
3: because your Mavs, Walt <laughs> Chug, they don't care about winning enough.
4: Taking shots to my guys? You're coming yeah. at my guys all wrong.
3: I know. That was a little bit surprising. And I think I think Dinwiddie probably knew this whole time he was going to be a Laker. He just wanted to get that free dinner, you know, get that recruiting feeling again. You only get those so many times in your career. And for him in the twilight, he's like, "Hey, let me go. Let me go get schmoozed by Cuban. He'll take me out to a nice dinner, and then I'll get to L.A. I'll act like Dallas has a chance. They'll schmooze me a little bit, all while I know I'm going to rip the Mavericks and I'm going to sign with the Lakers. Jeez, well, I'll
4: be bitter. I, I hope think you can got have it right,
1: a yeah? season, I, I, Spencer. I think, I think you knew exactly what I was mean. Going you on. you know the oh, deal yeah. about the free dinners? Oh, absolutely free dinner. Yeah.
3: Steinline, Mark Stein reporting that uh, there's two mystery teams that believe that if LeBron James. Uh, that that LeBron James would actually consider signing with them if they were to draft Bronny James, his son. He says, uh, Mark Stein, in his report, says, I know of at least two teams on the NBA map that believe LeBron James would consider signing with them at far less than the 51 and a quarter million uh, that he could sign as a max player if Bronny James is on the roster, and there might be more. So we'll leave that uh, you know open ended. We'll see where that goes. He says two teams that that's what they believe. This isn't LeBron like back channeling saying I got I got two teams. I'm down to go to. There's just two teams that feel like man. If we drafted Bronny, he LeBron would come here a bit on a discount. So we'll see how true that actually is. Yeah, well, maybe
2: maybe <laughs> if, if if the Lakers want to keep him, they, so what we're going to have is Bronny possibly coming out at the same time LeBron is a free agent. I'd absolutely take him in the first round if that means I'm getting LeBron. Let's 100%. Go. Yes. yeah. Hey, congratulations, kid. You're a first-round pick, and I'm going to come play with you. Yeah. That's I don't know if Bronny's going to be a member of the rotation. I think he profiles as a guy that should probably stay two more years in college. But I don't care. I'm already super excited about this basketball team. You look at the West. The Mavs can run with the teams. You just saw what they did against Oklahoma City. Um, Sure, Denver is there. Denver is injury prone. Now, I, I know many people don't start watching basketball until the Super Bowl is over. So congratulations. You're about to start watching the Mavs, and I think this is a very strong potential contender in the West. If you imagine the season is starting right now, just clear your memory of every crap thing we've seen for the last 45 games. This team is healthy. They've addressed their weaknesses. They can play paint defense. They can protect the rim. They can shoot. They have size and speed. You don't need more than what the Mavs have right now in this West, in this NBA There's no big, bad entity
4: out there that is going to squash you like a bug when you encounter the prime Golden State Warriors. Preach, cosign everything you're saying. I just saw this from Mavs Muse. I don't know that any of us would think this. Luka's lead-wide ranks on defense this season. Number one in post-defense. Number 10 in ISO defense. Number five in spot-up defense. Shea Gildish Alexander, and Jason Tatum aren't top 10 in any category. Luka is in all three. Wow. So so that, that is commitment and effort to the defensive side of the floor that we have been begging for.
2: I think everything could be coming together at the right time. Yeah. Maybe the embarrassment from Luca three weeks ago. He's already got his body in shape. Now the roster is right. The health wow. is there. You don't That's have to done. play Dwight Powell. Maxi Kleba is perfectly playing 15 minutes a night. <clears throat> I think this is about to get awesome. It's time for football's finest here. We'll take a look at everything uh, percolating around the NFL, Chief. What do you have? We got more Super Bowl fallout, and uh, we'll grade the Romo next year in the nation.